Want an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news and trends in the NBA? Listen to the NBA Daily Ding podcast Monday through Friday. Wake up and turn up the NBA Daily Ding to stay informed on all things NBA here at The Athletic and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Seth Partnow from Nerd She Wrote. Every day during the playoffs, I'm doing a live running diary of statistical insights before, during, after every game. Come check it out on the NBA front page only at The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday on The Athletic Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, we check in with the playoff losers and we look ahead to the Eastern Conference playoff second round. This is Nerdish You Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. It's Nerder She Wrote. You know the spiel. You know who's here. Dave, Mo, Seth. What's up, fellas? What's up? Uh, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, how do you guys feel about four games, four playoff games in one night? It was, was great because three of them sucked. It was great because three of them were blowouts. <laughs> and and it, it made it very easy for me to be like, oh, OK, this one's done. Move on to the next. Okay, this one's done. Thank you, Utah, for going eight to ten from three to start oh, the game. Uh, just kind of made me go like, oh, it's it's that night for Utah. This one's over. Yeah, U- Utah was was sort of done with the shenanigans early. It, it seemed like it's like, yeah, you guys were the Grizzlies were were were, were cute and feisty, but no, let's it, grownups are talking now. That's why I was pumped about the Bucks finishing the sweep, man. I, I like just don't play around with my emotions. You get up 3-0, I'm already done with that series. Honestly, you get up 1-0, and a lot of times I'm done with that series. Like, I've seen enough. My, Miami and Milwaukee, I had seen enough after one. It was over. Yeah, but I didn't but, need to play the rest of that series. You, 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 you saw one in Atlanta, New York, and that, t- oh, that told you everything you needed to Kind of yeah. told well, us a lot. Not if you saw the second game. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, even uh, the second. This is like, just, yeah, this even is just further game. proof. This is just further examples of like this is why Dave didn't work in the NBA. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't like doing the same thing over and over and over again. I, I actually get pretty bored quickly with that. I, and I think basketball is great as a single elimination sport, but we're never going to get that in the NBA. I do think. I mean, and, and I know for for money reasons, this isn't going to happen again. But I miss those five game playoff series in the first round like you if you want upsets you can you can engineer some of oh, that it would have it would have been if we had the five games the clippers would have been out we would have been going completely nuts today yeah but but then hockey i mean seth you know big hockey guy hockey has its own issues where they probably have too many upsets and the nba wouldn't want to go there well uh, the hockey is also aged a far more random sport than, yeah. than, than basketball, um, they, they've they've done research on this, and I and I forget what the number of games is, but for a uh, a seven a hockey series to be as determinative of who's the best team as a seven game basketball series, it has to be something like I don't, I don't remember what it is like best of seventeen or something like that. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, but Jeez. I mean, listen, in, in basketball, you're not going to pick up some guy who's working as like a truck driver who is also your uh, fourth emergency goalie who can come in and and literally win you a Stanley Cup because he just has a hot streak, you know, that makes hockey great, but also it'll never happen in basketball. <laughs> they don't have plumbers out there anymore. Michael Jordan retired. So all the plumbers did too. Um, you guys want to like close the book. Oh, it's a, it's a joke. Uh, you guys want to no, close the book. <laughs> well, you want to close the book a little bit on, on uh, some of these first round series, Hawks, Knicks, you know, we said last week, 
Hawks are just better. You guys still feel the same way? <laughs> I mean, just no playmaking for the Knicks. No adjustments from uh, Thibodeau. His, it, to me, it was over literally the moment he put Derrick Rose in the starting lineup because Rose was going to have to play 40 minutes at that point, and I just didn't think he could sustain. It's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just not good. I mean, I think game the, the thing that is most clarifying about that is it was in game five. The Hawks actually just didn't didn't make any jumpers, and they still won – very easily. Like there's three teams that that won games in the playoffs where they they were they shot as much under expectations on threes as the Hawks did in, Hawks in game five. Uh, it was Milwaukee in game one, Brooklyn I believe in game one, and Atlanta. And so that's like two pretty big mismatches and a third what turned out to be a pretty big mismatch. Uh, how are you guys feeling, uh, Nuggets Blazers? That series like three two as we're recording. It's all over the place. I mean, Damian Lillard had a 55-point – I mean, he hit two game-tying shots, one, one at the end of regulation, one at the end of the first overtime, hit 12 threes in a game, and the Nuggets are playing you know, their third and fourth and fifth string guards, and somehow the Nuggets still won that game. I have no idea. Like, that series is going seven, right? I just – you like, we could all predict – we could predict <laughs> the three of us could predict every outcome that covered 100 percent of the possibilities, and we'd all three still be wrong somehow. I mean, this this thing might end up tied. I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> things. Like it's it's the, the variance on this series and t- kind of the back and forth of everything. You know, Dame goes off and they lose. He went one for ten in game four, and they won. Like it's a right. It's just a weird. It's a weird series to be honest. Well, this, the strategy of no one playing defense. It is a little bit off-putting. And it's not just that series. I think the Clippers and Mavericks are, are kind of the same. Um, where it's just like, I don't know, there's just not much resistance. I, I wouldn't say the Clippers aren't purposely trying not to play defense. Okay, They just haven't quite figured out how, how, they're, how they want to defend Luka. Now, they found some stuff down the stretch, went small, whole deal, and things like that. I just think they're they're in this weird position where they're switching way too easily, and and it's getting too easy for for Luca. Although it's also he he just makes tough shots. Yeah, no, I think we're I think we are overreacting a little bit to to Dallas's shot making. I think the Clippers yeah. defense on the whole has probably been has been better than their numbers are going to show this series. Like you take out the one game, the ga- game four where Dallas you know couldn't throw it in the ocean, and they've just they've had some just ridiculous shot making every game of the series. And I kind of think well, I do. I do think that the Clippers have been successful in one way. Is like Luca has worn down at the end of every game. Yeah, no. I mean, they struggled it. at the end of the game five. I mean, they almost gave it away. Yeah. I mean, they they showed it in the uh, the broadcast, right? Like the, the fifteen different dudes that all guarded Luca at one point or another in that game. So it, that is kind of the strategy there. My stuff with their their plan is. They're not giving themselves any help, though, right? Like, if Luca kind of beats the first the the point of attack and, and and wins that battle, there's nobody else really coming. It's him versus the big at that point, and I think that becomes uh, an issue for them. Like, there are opportunities where I'm like, "Yo, Kawhi, just come double," you know, and 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 he's not, and then Luca gets a free free run at Zubac, and we all know how that story goes. I mean, and this that series, I don't know, man. When the Mavs were were up big in the first quarter of Game Three, 
and Luca had to sub out. You know, he was, he was struggling through the injury. I think that they saw an opportunity to sneak him a little bit of a rest. I wonder if they don't win this series, you know, if the Clippers wind up taking this thing in, in seven, I wonder if we'll go back and, and we're going to relitigate the decision to sub him. Because as soon as he went out, their offense just fell apart and the Clippers started getting back into it. And, and you know, I said this the other day on, on 77 Minutes, the Mavs pod, this is why, like, you need Porzingis to just do something. You need him to create a little bit, take some of that pressure off. Because at the end of games, we're seeing that Luka just cannot do it for the full 48 minutes. So, there, and there's there's actually numbers to back this up. Um, first of all, for his playoff career, Luka's uh, – is in the average game, his true shooting percentage in the first half is like 62%. Second half, it's like 48-5. Like, so that's, that's – okay, it's 11 games of his playoff career. Um, the regular season, there's not really a difference. But if you look at the games where he's 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 had a high-usage first half and a high-usage second half – He's a, he's a six point drop off in effective field goal percentage, four point in true. So this is this is something we've seen over the three years of his career. Is that if he is asked to to be that guy, that thirty five plus usage guy across the entire game, you know, start the game and 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 close it, you know, pitch complete games basically, he runs out of gas because you know he because of his style is so grindy, and he doesn't he doesn't really get anything easy ever. No, and and that's where I think the the failings of Porzingis kind of comes in as being a a second guy. Um, I think that's where his maybe the failings isn't the right way to say it, but just maybe the no, it's the, a fail. It's a failing. The, the as, mislabeling, as a though, the mislabeling of go. him, the mislabeling of him as a second guy is is, is kind of the problem there because he's just not been that. I mean, even in the game, you know, the game five, you know, Luca has scored or assisted on 31 of their 37 field goals. That's not sustainable in any way, in, in any stretch. Well, it's literally and, and never happened like before. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, – and there's a reason why. It's absurd. Yeah, right? Like there's a, a a level of that's the concern with the Mavs long-term moving forward. My thing would with, with – I think it's a concern short-term. I think it's a concern I mean, with like, one of the next two games. I, th- I think – I I – I'm sorry. I'm just at the point I can't trust the Clippers. <laughs> Fair. I'm, I'm sorry. You were like, there. Hold on. Now, to be fair, you were there before the playoffs started, and, and I said, yes. Mo, I just think they're different. And I kept telling you this. I kept saying, Mo, I think they're different. I think they're different. I think it's a different team, Mo. It's different coach, different style. And, Mo, I think you were right. It's no, it's no, it, I, I'm also not because I fall into it every time too, right? They, right. they win two games in Dallas. I'm like, okay. And they did it in a way where I felt like convincingly, I'm like, okay, yes, this, this is the team. The first two games was the fluke this, and then they do this. And even though like they came out in the start game five and I just felt right away, I go like, oh, completely different energy from games four. Games yeah. four and three, they, they did well, but it was just the energy just didn't feel right. And it's just so up and down with this team. You can't predict them. So that's why I said that at least I go like, at least I kind of know what might happen with Dallas and, and, and feel comfortable. Whereas I look at the Clippers, I go like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, Utah, Utah and Memphis is over. Utah closed that one out. Um, one, four straight, you know, did, did what they were supposed to do. They wanted in five. Um, I think John Morant was a tough cover for them and they're going to have an easier time. You know, if it's Luca, it's an easier job for, for that team, I think to guard him than, than Ja. Ja was like a special 
challenge for those guys. I, I don't think that there's anyone that they would face until the finals that would be quite the quite that dynamic and off the dribble guy as as Jaw. Like I don't think there's yeah. anyone in, like even Kawhi or, or PG aren't right aren't that. Like they would pre- present their own problems. I don't think they have great matchups for them, but just in terms of of the ability to break down the point of attack defense so much that he was just able to get to the rim and finish over and around Rudy. I think Chris Paul is is the next closest guy cuz you know when you when you saw them play in the regular season he just ate in the mid-range and kind of where in, in that floater range that Ja was getting to. And, and Chris was able to get there at will. And, and now whether the adjustments that they're making for the playoffs will take that away or not, I don't know. And then, of course, you know, if Chris Paul gets there. But I, I, I don't know. I thought that the Jazz, they basically said, OK, well, Ja can't beat us alone. And it worked out for them. Yeah, but I, I, to push back a little bit on the Chris Paul part is, you know, at least Ja has more explosion. Well, right. No, 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 absolutely. You, you, you yeah. know, and I think that's I think that's more what they struggled with in in, in this series was just the the, the speed of Jaw, and even at times Dylan Brooks and things like that. Oh I, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see as much of that from uh, uh, Chris. Just not as quick every as time, he used to be. I, every time Dylan Brooks' name comes up, there's a, one of us makes a face. I, I got to say, look, I, I was impressed with Dylan Brooks, and, and I know. You know, it's frustrating, but you can't knock that effort. And he did have some really fantastic offensive games in the series. And he attacked the basket, man. Like, he did his job. He's a tough – that's a yeah. tough dude. Yeah. Like, I actually – I got a lot of respect for him over the last month and a half or so. Just got to leave it to that. I mean, he's annoying that's as it. all hell, but that's fine. Sure. You know, like, he's, he's – you know, I don't mind having bad guys in the league. Let's have some villains and some of that. We need a yeah, little bit Trey of Trey Young bowing to the, to the MSG crowd is, like, my favorite moment kind of, that of the last awesome. year, man. Yeah. That it's, was great. It, it was fun. It's fun. Yeah, I so. kind of my biggest complaint about Knicks Atlanta was I wanted this to go seven just to see the garden go nuts for game oh, seven. God. That that's all cool. I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, it'll be interesting to see what what happens, you know, in terms of the Jazz moving forward. But I, the road's open for them right now. You know, like yeah. they're, 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 this is this is open for a lot of teams. The West is is completely open, to, especially depending on what could happen tonight with the uh, Lakers Suns game. Well, let, let's get to that to that series um, again. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, like we always do. So th- the series could be over tonight. Um, Ad. Is he still questionable? I haven't seen an update. I, I don't think he's going to play, right? I think he's going to play. You think he I haven't will? seen okay. anything? I think he's playing though. Well, is, let's operate. Let's say thing. he's going to play. I mean, he's playing through a knee. Uh, I'm assuming still has some Achilles soreness that he's probably dealing with. At least getting treatment for. He's got a groin issue. I don't. I mean, he's going to be limited. LeBron is already limited. We're, we're seeing LeBron not attacking, being kind of passive. I mean, he, you know, he had to go start treatment. For game six in the fourth quarter. Now, okay, we all know. I, I don't want to sit and watch a blowout either, so I get it. But uh, it's not looking good for the Lakers. I mean, health health really is kind of taking the wind out of their sails a little bit. It's it's one of those things for me when I look at it. It's just it's been a very long season for them. I mean, coming right off winning a championship with what was it like sixty days of rest. Mm-hmm. You know, from the end of the finals to the start of the regular season, 
you know, like, like just long in that sense, injuries piled up. It's not even just LeBron and AD. KCP couldn't finish the game. You have, um, it just feels like every game somebody else is getting banged up and, and struggling there. Other thing for this, on the other side of it, though, is I don't know what's going on with Chris Paul. He walked out in game five, you know, with, with, with the shoulder stuff again. So don't know what we're going to get from him for the Suns. I don't know what to expect. I feel like we'll know pretty early, though, in this game if this is going to be, uh, uh, oh, LeBron's going off tonight or right chilling tonight. I think it has to be said, and this this is you know something that that comes up every single year. If, well, they didn't. This happened, and that happened, and this broke right for them. Yes, every team that ever wins a title yeah. has something break right for them. And even the absence of things breaking wrong for them is a thing breaking right because injuries happen. And avoiding injuries is a form of good luck. So sometimes it's just not your year and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's sort of why everyone plays. You know, it's – it's uh, we, we don't know who's going to win the title now. And a big part of it is that sort of uncertainty. So it's – it's I'm, I'm preemptively not wanting to hear it about the, well, it's just because, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's just because. And last year was just because. And the year before was just because. And on and on, you know, back back through time. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
Okay, so I'm lucky that I get to podcast every week with two guys who have both experienced being sent home from the playoffs. Like, what I a, mean, what a dickish way to bring that <laughs> up. What What are you trying to do? <laughs> Listen, you guys, look, I, we learn from our failures and so have you. And I want us all to learn from your failure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what are the losers doing this week, guys? What are the teams that went home? First of all, we're they, all like, winners what are the fr- We are all winners. Uh, we all learn and, and our greatest successes come out of failures. But no, don't try to save how you home. brought this up. You're, you, you, that was just a jerkish way. No, screw you, Dave. It's so good. So, so what are the losing teams doing right now, uh, Seth? Look, I mean, the draft is in roughly two months. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of work going there, but you've got free agency. You've got summer league in August. Uh, you know, the, the calendar does not stop until, you know, middle of August. I mean, and like there is no like this this summer there is usually in a normal year, like you go through July and then August hits and everyone goes on vacation because everything's a month back. It's like you go through summer league and maybe there's like a week and then it's like preseason stuff again. So we're going to be right back at it pretty quick. But so what happens now is the, depending on whether the last game was home or road, you know, either the day after or two days after will be like – you know, exit interviews, all the players will come in, talk to the GM, the coach, everyone. It's a pretty somber day. Everyone just kind of sits around and like, you know, nods and walks off. And, um, you know, the people around the office pretend to be busy, but no no real work is getting done. Um, You maybe like are, you know, need to send like a end of season report or something to ownership or something like that. But, you know, nothing's really going on. Um, and then, you know, the rest of this week is probably like a little exhale. And then, you know, probably starting around next week is when you get guys in for draft workouts and really start to to hit that pretty hard. Yeah, this is when I get to see what the sun looks like again, um, you know, and, and, and you <laughs> oh, kind of get to get to see what real life is again. Um, no, I mean, everything Seth hit on is correct. Like, that's just kind of the feeling, you know, there's. The day after you have your your big team meeting, you know your end of season meeting. Then everybody's doing exit meetings with the the coach or GM, and sometimes it's worrisome for the coach when it's just the coach and the players. Um, the uh, type of deal, and and you and you have those kinds of issues. Um, but you're going through that stuff. You're running through potential plans going forward. You know everything. You know, all right, we're shifting our focus in the video room to the draft. Where are we? And it's a little bit easier now with the draft, with synergy and all the other things there. It's not as difficult. Like when I was a video guy, I had to break down a ton of college games, which is why I also hate the college game now. Um, <laughs> and, and and I think that's kind of that work going forward. It's just, all right, you're taking a little time, a little bit of resting up. And it's different in certain scenarios. It's different when you're a team with championship expectations and a team that's just happy to be there, you know? And, and I I think the, the feelings is like, okay, cool. School's out for summer. Let's, let's begin to start figuring out if things like that. If you're, if you're a team that was just like, Hey, we made the playoffs. Neat. That's, that's the feeling. If you're a team that has it's dark for a couple of days. Oh, you, it's, it's brutal. Just like, it's brutal. Oh, oh. Or even this, like, 
with well, I was with the Clippers and we lost to Oklahoma City after game five. You know, like it was Doc's first year, but we all just felt and it was a hell of a season because of the whole Sterling thing and everything. It was but it was dark for a good week at least where we were all just like, damn, we really blew that one. Yeah, when we is this a when we lost to good Tor- time? Oh, sorry. No, I was to say when we lost to Toronto in the conference finals, it like it just it also it just seemed like it happened so fast. Because we won the first two games, we, were, we we almost won the third game in overtime, and then it seemed like two days later we were out, sort of convincingly, and it was like, oh, man, that 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 worm flipped fast, and you just kind of it, it took you know probably about a week or so just to recombobulate from that. Is this a good time to talk about the Celtics? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Speaking this, of teams yeah. that things have kind of gotten a little dark for, uh, obviously. They didn't have the season that they expected. Jalen Brown getting hurt right before the playoffs, you know, doesn't really help you very much. But they didn't have a good year anyway. And and they have plenty of reasons that they can point to for that that are justifiable. I mean, there are legitimate reasons. I think a lot of these teams, especially the teams that made the deep runs, if you look at look at last year's conference finalists, right? The Heat are out, the Celtics are out, the Lakers look like they're about to be out and, and have, you know, been hit by the injury bug and and the nuggets, you know, we, we talk about how they are struggling to just be healthy. Um, but it looks like they've got at least a chance to move on to the next round. So, you know, the Celtics had a rough year and now they got to go find a new coach because Danny Ainge is retired. Brad Stevens has been promoted to the president of basketball operations. And I really wanted to talk to you guys about this specifically because we talk so much about org structure inside the NBA and just how the power dynamics work. And this was an odd move to me because it seems like from what we hear, he's kind of burnt out on the grind of coaching. And in particular, after the last two seasons, I think that's completely understandable. Yeah, I don't think we. Well, what I was going to ask, hold on, is moving to president of basketball operations, is that an easier lift no no but before we get to that before we get to that the it it, it, it's not as much of a grind as 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 coaching is the day in and day out of with the team and the planning of everything game plan wise but the um but first like when we talk about this season and the tolls taken on players we are forgetting the tolls taking on coaches because that's also a really tough uh thing in that sense and and, it is exhausting but you know him moving to the the front office is just exchanging to a whole new set of challenging and time consuming and mentally draining things that go into it it's a balancing act you may not be you're not necessarily tied to the day-to-day results of each game but you're looking at things and you're measuring short-term long-term whole deal everything you're 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 looking at every decision now you make is going to have ramifications three to four years down the line. Whereas if we just ran a different pick and roll coverage, it's, you know, a little bit, it's like, Oh, okay, well we lost this game. We'll just do something different the next game. It's the, the challenges with this is it becomes much more difficult in that the decisions you make are bigger and the mistakes are going to be, have ramifications much longer than, than this. Well, and the, and the Celtics have decisions to make. Like they don't have a clean cap sheet. They've got Kemba Walker making a ton of money. Uh, 
who looks like he's very much on the downside of his career. Uh, Marcus Smart is is maybe the only real trade asset they've got that non draft pick wise, unless they're going to trade, you know, some of these younger guys. Um, Seth, I guess what's the first thing that Brad Stevens needs to do? I mean, the first thing he needs to do is is kind of get the house in order. I mean, every time, anytime there's a shake up at the top, there's 25, 40 people there that are like, what does this mean for me? And some very respected people here. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have talked about it. I mean, Mike Zarin comes up a lot. And that was yep. certainly, that's certainly like the eyebrow raiser for people who watch these things is like sort of naturally assumed that when Ainge stepped down, he would be the guy to step up. Now, this is, this is, speculating completely not based on anything that I've talked to anybody about but I you Mo, Mo is talking about kind of the different challenges and the day-to-day and I kind of wonder how much of the of, of his style of the pobo is going to be very like delegate because I think like guys like you know Mike Zarin Austin Ainge are very capable of doing all of the day-to-day player personnel GM stuff um so th- that's just a question of of that, that, that feeds into the question of how does he want this organization to run with him at the top? Because there's no blueprint. It's 30 different teams do it 30 different ways. And anytime the leader changes, even if the people are all the same, the style changes completely. So that's the first thing he's got to do. And that's an ongoing thing. But just setting that kind of blueprint is going to determine how they make the rest of these decisions, which is probably as or more important than any of the decisions they actually make in the short term. Well, what kind of timeline would you guys expect on hiring a coach? Now, I expect him to be very patient because obviously the season's still going. Um, but they're going to want to strike early. I'm guessing because what's the rush? If well, if teams are if teams are going to make changes, you know, I mean, we know a couple of teams. Like we've heard that they may be looking for new coaches. But there's not a lot – you know what? This is different than any other year in the sense of there has not been really a lot of changes coaching-wise. You sure. know, I've you know, i actually spoken to an agent about it and he's just like, yo, it's really slow. What the hell? Well, um, and you the know, changes that were made, like Nate McMillan is not leaving Atlanta. And he's, it, it, the interim tag is going to be removed at the end of the season with him. I think you know, you're going to have – we don't know what's going to happen with Indiana and Nate Bjorgan. Um, we know right now of only one opening and going into the – second round of the playoffs with only one uh, coaching opening that we know for sure is kind of rare. Normally we have a couple at this point. And and so it's, there is no rush for them and it's going to be a coveted job. I mean, the cap sheet's a mess and everything, but you have two young stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's not like you're going into a rebuild. So this is going to be one of those things where a lot of people are going to want this job and people are going to wait to see how this one plays out before jumping in for other opportunities. Yeah, there's no I, I think that that that's often a mistake teams make is you know, it's a mistake teams make in personnel decisions, it's a mistake they make in in coaching hire decisions is uh, not we don't like want a guy kind of like that. We want that that that's the only one. Right. And that mm-hmm. that's how you you make mistakes because you get blinkered. And you know, if I'm if I'm Brad Stevens and I'm not uh <laughs> The, the, this is could the, have fooled yeah, me. Yeah, Seth. Could have fooled me. The, the 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 first. This is like the first big decision you're making. You're not rushing me. 
I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to find out where everything is. I'm going to learn how the phone system works, all that, you know, all, the, all that important day-to-day stuff and, and get my bearings and, and put the team together for next year. And then, you know, do my diligence and, and hire the person who I think is going to work best holistically with the players, with me, with the rest of the organization. It's what's going to be interesting though, is, is him making this coaching hire. Like I want to go in that coaching interview. Like I want to see him going like, Oh yeah, maybe I should have done that. (laughs) Or or like, no, you'd never be able to do like, I'm very curious to see how it's going to be with him hiring a coach. And really that relationship gets interesting. I wonder, I, I kind of wonder how much that because of his experience on the other side of that, how much of the coaching interview is going to be like whiteboarding stuff and how much of it Mm. is going to be about the working together stuff. My suspicion is like, okay, I, I can watch your, I can watch your team's tape and know if you can coach or not. I want to figure out if I can work with you. So that's, I think that's going to be much more important part of those interviews than like, you know, show me how you break a three quarter court press or something like that. Well, let me ask you guys this. What, what kind of coach do you think they're going to be looking for? Right? Like put yourself in their in their shoes. Just what we know about the team. Like we know they're going to have Jalen Brown. They're going to have Jason Tatum. My assumption is that they're going to have Kemba Walker because I, I can't imagine they want to attach picks to get rid of him. And I don't know that there's much of a market. I guess Rob Williams walks into next year as the presumed starter. Obviously, this is before free agency in the draft and everything like that. Uh, what kind of coach are you looking for? I mean, to me, I, I naturally think about how this team has struggled on the offensive end. And I lean that way. Someone that, that is maybe with an offensive bent, but I, I just don't, I don't know that you can suffer any drop off on the defensive end from a coach. I'm looking forward to them luring Tibbs away from New York. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he no, went, you know, no, no, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, my view of next season for the Celtics is, you know, I think they're they're they brought everybody back and everybody was relatively healthy. They're still a playoff team, but they're not a contender mm-hmm. um, unless right. Tatum takes like leap leap, right? Like top stratosphere leap, type yeah. of leap. Yeah, you know, like five. it's not even just a leap. Yeah, it's like we're going like, yo, he's top three MVP, not even top five, top three. I think it's one of those years where it's like we're gonna have to play a crap ton of young guys and see what we have. You know, we have to see what Aaron Naismith can do. We have to see what uh, uh, Romeo Lankford is and, and and what are they moving forward. Uh, Seth, all-time favorite, Grant Williams. Like you have to kind of move through these guys and start exploring and seeing who these guys are. Because I think they got to start figuring out the rest of that roster and, and what only- do they want to be moving forward. Because they have their two stars lined up at least till – um, I'm, I'm looking at the cap sheet. I mean, at least until 2023, 24 season. Right. You got two years left on, on Jalen Brown. And, and I think that's sort three. of the, Oh, three, sorry, sorry. But two years before you have to make a decision, right. Um, an extension decision. So I, I just, and I, Are we I'm starting those rumors already. Dave? Come on. I'm not doing it. I'm saying that when you're thinking about Don't who you're hiring you. and, I'm yeah, just asking and questions. where and where this team expects to be next year, right? I don't know that they want. Like, can you take a step back to try to take a step forward if you're the Celtics? Be- given that you have Tatum and Jalen Brown already there, 
you know, that I feel like that's a that's a hard ask do to you, make. Well, do you have a choice? Like yeah, they that's could, the like, real well, question. I guess that, to that's sustain, the like, thing, yeah. I mean, because the other the, the, the other part of this is is like to kind of stay where they were this year, and which okay, fine. If they're healthy, they're the four seed, fine. But to stay there, this is a this is a team that has a sixty seventy million dollar tax bill, and you know, I it's it's not my money, but like I don't think that there's that there's a lot of there's not a lot of sense in, in paying that much for a team that's like a second round ceiling. It just isn't. We're going to talk about the second round of the East right after this message from our sponsors. All right, guys, the second round is set in the East. We've got Sixers and Hawks and we've got Bucks and Nets, which is a series that I've been waiting for for months because I I think that's probably going to be the most exhilarating series we get until maybe the finals. I mean, we'll see what what the e or what the West looks like. But um, I want to start with the Sixers because Joel Embiid is hurt. He's got a he's day to day somehow with a torn meniscus. Just words that should not go together. It's a small tear. It's a small tear. It, it's a small tear. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's it, it tricky for the Sixers. If they're having to play the Hawks without Embiid, and maybe I'm crazy, but I would not want to do that if I were them. And I think the Hawks could win if Embiid isn't out there. Am I nuts? No. I mean, yes. And yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, you're not uh, nuts. The Hawks. At least I got one. No, the, Haw- one the no, Hawks can to- could totally win that series if Embiid is, is either not playing or limited. Yeah. I think we're going too far, though. With the Listen, the Hawks played the perfect team. To go against for them for their style, you, you've done the, the the. I saw your tweets with the analytics and things like that. With also the athletics, Mike Vorkanoff when he was tweeting out the open three stats and things like that. Like they defend inside and just hope you miss outside threes. That's not how the Sixers defend, right? Like, listen, Trey Young was phenomenal. He's a great player. He might have a monster series, okay? But he's out to deal with Ben Simmons. Matisse Thybul and Danny Green. And yeah, and that, they got Bogdanovich. They have all the other guys, but that's something the the Knicks did not have. Sure. You know, they're it, it's it's much more challenging than people think. I think it's one of those things where when you look at what the Sixers can do defensively, it's a bigger it's a bigger thing. And then I just have the question of who's Clint Capella going to guard? I mean, why why can't he guard Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons is going to blow by him out on the perimeter. Well, he's not going to guard him on the yeah, perimeter. Exactly. But he's going to. But, he, but, but you give Ben Simmons a runway versus a slow big man. He's going to get by him. He's going to blow through him with a euro step. He's going to draw fouls. Now, granted, Sixers don't want him to go to the foul line. But if they get into bonus early, and now Seth Curry's getting to the foul line, it's an issue. And then offensively, they're going to attack Trey Young. That's something the Knicks couldn't do. But they're going to go after. They're going to go Trey Young hunting all series. What did you guys think about Ben at the five against against the Wizards? Um, the Wizards went to the hack of Ben kind of early, which I, I think was a mistake because they, they kind of got him into a rhythm and then he got more aggressive. Um, but if you're the Sixers and, and Embiid is out, I mean, Seth, would you just do that? We're going to start Ben Simmons at the five and we're going to play Matisse Tyball and we're going to we're going to try to break you that's i mean it's let's let's go with the the simple thing and just get our best five players on the floor and see how that works 
So yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that, I mean, unless you think that like, do you think that Dwight Howard right now is better than Matisse Thibel? Is the question that no. comes down to. Yeah. No. I don't either. No. So that's, that's, no. you know, so yeah, then you go with, the, you, you start Simmons as the titular five and go from there. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it gets interesting because that's because if you put Thibel on, that's where you can probably hide Capella. Oh, that's a good point. But that's, here's that's the, here's the, the question. one the one question for Doc is like, what do I want to do? See, this is so the, here's I, I'm guessing Ben Simmons is going to guard John Collins. Is that what we're looking at for this series? That's kind of interesting. I, I think it's going to be a very – I mean, I think Simmons is going to be all over the place in terms of who he's guarding. I think it's going yeah. to be one of those things where a few possessions on this guy, a few possessions on that guy, a little bit of this and, and, and that stuff, I think. But again, they just have so many wing defenders, right? Like your guy, Danny Green's got to be big as a defender more than even as a shooter in this one. Now, granted, they're going to need to make shots to to try to keep up because there's going to be moments where the the Hawks offense is going to explode. You can't contain it for that long. Um, but I just think they're going up against a better defensively built team than the Knicks. And I think some of the stuff that we saw with the Knicks was fool's gold. I mean, like, yeah, they didn't have to defend defensively. They didn't have to be that great defensively against the Knicks because the Knicks were so terrible on offense, you right. know, and, and and there was no game plan. It was literally just give it to Julius Randle. Let's hope it works out. Give it to Derrick Rose. Let's hope it works out, you know, and, and, and there was no way they were really going to pick apart the the Hawks there. You saw what they did with Ish Smith, what the Sixers did every time he was on the court, pick and roll with everybody. OK, so, oh, you switched on to Harris. Great. You got to <laughs> like they're, they oh, this- were going after him. It's going to be a big Tobias Harris series, uh, whether Embiid is healthy or not. I mean, it's going to be a big Tobias Harris playoffs, I think. Um, well, let me ask you, Seth. If you're the Sixers, okay, you have an organizational decision to make here with your star player, okay, because you've got a really good shot at making a finals this year. Field is wide open, and you are one of the best teams still in it. Do you try to, I mean, do you work with Embiid and hopefully come up with a plan to have him push through this to take a swing at that title and potentially suffer ramifications down the line? Or do you shut it down and hope he can come back, you know, in, in a conference final series? Man. Glad you I, think, I think you, I mean, I think you... <laughs> You almost have to, in my mind, you have to get him to a point where he can play a little, like a game in this Atlanta series. And if he can be Joel Embiid, then you have a chance of winning the championship and then you have to push it. If he plays a game and he's just kind of out there and is 75% of himself, you're not beating the winner of the other series. So then it's then, you know, that's basically that's the line between playing hurt and playing injured and playing injured is like as good a chance as this might be like the facts are the facts. And if he can't be that guy, you have to accept that and try again next year. I mean, there's a real risk he turns into Andrew Bynum. With, with 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 the knee issue and things like that. Like there's a real concern with it. it is a very tough question. I, I agree with Seth. 
and you got to see what it looks like at least once to get an idea of where you're at. But this to me is their very best chance to win a championship. I think next year Brooklyn's tougher. I think you know. I think there's it's it's more challenging after that. I think this is their this is their one shot to me in the next in the next couple of years because the windows close so fast. You know, in 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 the NBA for for most teams, this is where it becomes a a big question mark, and and this is not a decision to take lightly. This is a very difficult difficult one to make. So the other thing that complicates this a little bit is um, they probably have one of the better kind of front office alchemists around. So how does that change your calculus in terms of, okay, they don't have a lot of avenues to blah, blah, blah. Well, they've Daryl Morey has kind of made a career out of like, oh, we don't have much going. Oh, wow. Look what they did. So does that, how does that change your calculus? I don't know. And you want to, and how much do you want to rely on yourself being special, which is always a, a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's it's too much. You know what the thing is too, though. It's too much to bet on in terms right. of of Maury. You know what I mean? Like he may be able to create. You're asking him to make magic every time. It's sometimes he's just not able to. Right? Like it's not, and it's not his fault. It's just not the, the cards aren't there. You know, maybe things are interesting. Maybe free agency. Chris Paul opts out of his his contract. You know that, that's being rumored. You know, if maybe that's something. You know, like there's there's just so many things. But you got to live in the now or in this moment. I kind of lean like, yo, you got to go for it because you don't know what the future is going to hold. And the honest thing too is like, do you know if Embiid's ever going to be healthy? Like, are we ever going right. to be able to get through a playoff run with him healthy? I don't know, but. Like, but you got to balance that against like if we do something bad, he could just be like, yeah. could be Brandon Roy. It, could oh no, done. just be done. Yeah, no, no, it's yeah. it is a very yeah. difficult question. There is no, it's it's. I am so happy to not have to <laughs> deal with that actual question. Uh, you know, okay, there's no good answers. Let's talk about a series that is much easier to discuss because there isn't a giant looming injury. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. We are getting a series. I, I look. I've wanted this series for months. I think that this matchup is going to be awesome. But I think the Bucks are better. I don't care how many guys the Nets have scoring buckets. I think the Bucks are better. Mo, am I crazy? Oh, I have the Bucks winning this in seven. Oh, I've got Bucks in five. I think because I just I trust that defense so much. Okay, no, that's Too that's much. that's wild and reckless. That's wild well, and reckless. It's going to is, be. My gut says six, but my heart says five. Yeah, man, you 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 you. I wild just think the Dave. Bucks. I just think the Bucks are so much better than what we saw before. And I mean, look, they just played a series where I mean, was Giannis was he their third best player in that series? It's it's not even that. It's just. I don't trust Brooklyn's defense to get the stops they need at the end of games. This is something mm-hmm. we've heard all year. That defense doesn't matter. We'll get the stops when they matter. Won't be a big deal. You didn't in game four against Boston. You should have swept that series. Like, and, and whatever, we could say all the things. I'm sorry, game three, right? Was it game three? Yeah, game three that yeah, they, they yeah. lost. But it, it, you should have swept that series. Like, that was a game where you lost focus. Even game five. They came out with like, this is just a game in Thursday on a Thursday that we can screw around with. Granted, they're so good offensively that you blink and it's a 15 point game. But I think the Bucks defensively are so good. I think Drew Holiday really raises 
them, them to another level. I think Bud trusting Middleton down the stretch in clinch time to 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 make plays and be a little bit more of a ball handler and having Drew and all of that and using Giannis as a roller and putting him in the dunker spot and things like that. I think it just opens up stuff. And at the end of the day, who's guarding Giannis? I mean, that's the question, isn't it, Seth? That, no, that, but there's okay. But who's guarding? Who's guarding? Who's guarding? I think that the you I, know we talked about we talked about I there think being, the Bucks had the personnel. No, we we talked about well they they did. We talked about there no. not being big injuries, but there's two small injuries looming mm-hmm. over the series, one for each team. I think DiVincenzo yeah. being out is huge. The Bucks did not play the Nets this year when they had both Harden and Kyrie. Now Drew Holiday can guard one of them. You can't guard both of them at the same time. They have not uh, had to face two of those guys at once, and they have two guys who can defend guys of that size somewhat credibly, except one of them is out for the season. Now, on the flip side, probably the best option that Brooklyn had to start on Giannis would have been Jeff Green, and he's got this plantar fascia injury, and sure, he's probably going to try to go, but we saw what it looked like for Goran Dragic in the finals last year, and Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. So that's that's the flip side. Now, the one thing I will say about this is a lot of what we think about this series almost rests on what we think of Miami. Because Brooklyn is a team that, you know, Giannis said after the end of that series, like, we, we didn't want to play with our food. Brooklyn will play with their food, but kind of who cares? Because that's not who they're playing when it matters. They, they knew they were beating Boston. There was no danger there. And and for better or worse, they're a team that, that relaxes in that situation. I don't think that they're going to relax against Milwaukee. Now, and Milwaukee has traditionally been a team that has crushed bad teams very badly. If we think Miami was a bad team or the Miami team that showed up to the playoffs was a bad team, Milwaukee crushing them is what they do. If we think Miami was pretty good, then it's impressive, and then we we think that they're that they've taken a step up. I want to push a little bit on their who they're guarding and stuff, and 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 when you look at the kind of matchup situations, you know, I think you have opportunities. First off, Drew Holiday and and Kyrie is going to be the matchup, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna battle each other for a lot of it. They are, and 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 then I think this is why PJ Tucker's acquisition was so important for the the Bucks, right? Because now, not great, but Chris Middleton's probably going to have to guard Harden, you know. Um, and then you have Tucker versus Durant, you know, for part of the time, and then you have Giannis floating behind all of this. And I think that's the the ideal scenario of what you would want from the Bucks defensively, you know. In this, is having Giannis as kind of the safety to come through and clean up. So I think it's, it's, it's not the perfect thing and you're not fully going to stop these guys, but it's, can you slow them down enough? And I think the bucks have the guys and can match up well enough in those instances where they can just slow them down. How much Brooke Lopez are we getting in this series? Like, is there a spot for him? You know, like, is he going to be 15, 20 minutes a night? I mean, I think what lineups is Brooklyn going to put out there that there isn't a place to hide him? Like he can guard Bruce Brown, mm-hmm. he can who basically plays as a center on offense anyway. Don't don't you think you can have him guard Blake? Yeah, are you, no, are, yeah. you are you are you so? I don't see why this is a bad Brook series, and that's that is helpful for Milwaukee because especially with the Divincenzo being down, like 
they aren't as deep as they've been in the past. So, you know, if, if suddenly Brooke is not playable, they run out of guys pretty fast. All of a sudden you have a lot of, of Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis. And that's, you want to talk about a guy who, you know, you talked about, uh, um, uh, Philly, who's Trey guarding at? You come run the pick and roll. Bryn Forbes, come on down is going to be a lot of what what we're going to see in that series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I think the, the, the real interesting part of this series is going to be the Bryn Forbes, Joe Harris, Landry Shamit, Guys, in the sense That's of can they so knock down shots? So to Joe Harris to put him in a category with those other two guys. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Joe. I mean, on his team, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. In, in the sense of like, at. but it's like, what do you like? We all know, like the they. I mean, hell, the Nets have said it. James Harden has said it. Like when Joe Harris is hitting those shots, it's a different a different team and things like that. Like that's an important thing and. You know, Landry Shamit, if he can hit shots or, or, you know, is a big deal. We saw what it looks like when Fireball Forbes shows up and and and, and goes ballistic. I don't think we're going to see that again, but um, it's 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 going to be interesting in, in the others kind of category of this series. It's like who can win that? Because that actually might really t- tilt the, the scales there because um, I think it's going to be tight. I think this thing is going to be a slug it out seven game series. No, this is, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. It's the, I I you know have uh, I changed my mind on how this series is going to go seven or eight times a day, and <laughs> I think my, I'm actually thinking that it's that it's probably going to be a long series, but it's going to be one of those long series where there's a lot of blowouts, yeah. like it, just just one game, one team is going to have something figured out and make some shots, and it's going to be. And they're going to trade those off, and then you know maybe we get one or two close ones, and those one or two close ones are the ones that are going to be that really determine like where, where it ends up going. Yeah, I think I, you're I think you're close on that too. I think there's going to be a few of them just because of how explosive Brooklyn's offense is. There's going to be a game where it's going to be close in the third quarter. One of us is going to go to the bathroom, and we're going to come back and go like, "What the hell just happened?" You know. Um, well, and the Bucks, the Bucks can do this too, yeah, right? Like the Bucks, the Bucks can if they if they shoot. And so can Brooklyn's defense from three, and so can Brooklyn's defense, right? So yeah, I mean, but this is why I land. Look, it's probably gonna. I think it's probably gonna wind up being a six game series. My, I really want it to be Bucks in five because I, I would like to see them just absolutely erase all demons from the last couple of years. And I just wanted to watch them roll. It was so much fun to watch that team click in, in that first round against Miami and, and drew holiday. I just think he's such a difference maker for them. And we haven't fully wrapped our head around how much he's able to do for that team in the playoffs. I he think was awesome in that Miami series. The one more thing from the one more point about this thing, this series for me, is with the Embiid injury, I think the NBA Finals is this series. Whoever wins this one is going to win the championship. Is 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 really my prediction. Now that Embiid's got this whole thing with the meniscus, I have multiple people who who uh, are, are are with other teams have told me exactly that this week. I mean, it feels like it. It feels like it's a huge series. Uh, you guys got anything else? Looking ahead to anything? No. Just going to watch for some of these series to wrap up. Yeah. Looking forward to the lacrosse world championships. I just like, is that, is that a thing? No, oh, I, I just like throwing things out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the West second round series too, to be honest. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know, the, 
I'm looking forward to seeing what what you know Phoenix can do. As as I hope if Phoenix has won yesterday or wins Game Seven, like they've really impressed me so far. So I, I am, am wanting to see where they go. Even DeAndre if the Lakers are fantastic, yeah, yeah, no, and 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 I think we're the the even if the Lakers lose in the in the first round. You know, like we shouldn't lose eyeballs because there's just a lot of interesting things, especially in the West. You know, whether the Clippers or Dallas move on, that's going to be a fun team to to watch. Uh, part of it because the train wreck with the Clippers, and you never know what the hell's going to happen. Or it's watching to see if Luca can continue this ascension that he seems to be taking in the playoffs. Like it's going to be a, a the West is fun. I just think overall the second round for both sides are going to be fun. Playoffs have been good, man. And, and this is where I've been pushing back on people who were like, the play-in is bad because you didn't get Steph Curry in the playoffs. Hey, man, we got John Morant. That was pretty fun. We wouldn't have had that without the play-in. So, you know, I think it's here wait, to stay. Wait, making new stars um, is good? Oh, no, yeah. Imagine no. that. Imagine no. that. Don't tell anyone yeah. in baseball. There you go. All right. For, for Seth and Mo, I'm Dave. This has been Nerdishy Wrote. We'll catch you next week right here on The Athletic NBA Show.